Hello, and welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast with me, your host, Crystal, where I talk about anything and all horror. So on this podcast, I give you my honest and horrific opinion on a different horror movie every week. I drop spoilers. I never lie. I always keep it real. Sometimes I do specials and sometimes I have co-hosts. So to keep up with all things horror and the Horror Nights in podcast, please join my Twitter family by following me at HorrorDaddiesRS. I also launched an Instagram for the podcast as well. It's at uh, Horror Nights in Podcast. So definitely go follow me over there. Um, and also be sure to follow me on, uh, or follow my podcast on whatever, whatever app you're using. I'm available for your listening pleasures on SoundCloud and iTunes. So before we jump into this week's podcast, we have some business things to go over. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just going to talk about a couple things, um, touch on a few subjects that I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit, and um, just tell you guys about my week, and then we will get into um, the movie discussion. So as everybody in the horror family genre community knows, Us was released this week, um, directed by Jordan Peele. So a lot of people um, have seen this movie already, considering it is now Saturday and it was released um, Thursday, I believe, like that, or or uh, Friday. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think it just depends. Midnight showing, etc. Um, I'm actually seeing it this evening. I am super excited. So when this podcast goes live, I'll actually be um, probably almost to the end of the movie. Um, my significant other, Chris, and I are going to see it at 7.15 this evening. So, um, And it's at one of those um, dine-in movie theaters. And if you listen to my Happy Death Day, um, Happy Death Day to You podcast, I believe I talked about dine-in movie theaters, but I could be wrong. I could be confusing it with another episode. But I don't know if you guys have ever been to a dine-in movie theater, but they literally are my favorite things in the entire world. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the idea of knowing that I'm killing two birds with one stone and the fact that <laughs> um, the fact that AMC movie theaters, um, their food is so freaking good. So I don't know. And I think it's just because like the one that I went to, it served, I, I got a, and I usually don't drink soda during the week, guys. I, I hardly ever drink it anyway, but if I do drink it, it's on the weekends when Chris and I go on like our date nights. Um, and they brought me a Coke and it had like, I don't know, for some reason it was like, it was so good. Like the ice cubes were like, I don't know. And they have like these big like fountain drink cups. I was so excited. The food was so bomb. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I love it. So we're going there tomorrow or I'm sorry, we're going there um, 
tonight to see the movie. I'm super excited about it. There have been some reviews um, on it. So obviously you guys know all the critics um, have loved this movie or giving it praise. Uh, it did score 100% on Rotten Tomatoes immediately. I believe it has dropped down a few pegs since then. Um, there are some... I was on Twitter earlier and there were um, some people that were kind of all about the movie, um, and some people who weren't all about the movie. Um, so I'm super excited to see it, and I can't wait to give my honest and horrific opinion on us. Um, so yes, I am super excited about seeing that. Another thing I want to talk about is my Patreon. Um, so if you guys want to get a shout out on my podcast and on Twitter, um, join my Patreon to get an honest and horrific shout out. Um, regardless if you're a listener or a podcaster, it doesn't even, it doesn't really matter. You could just be someone who listens to podcasts and just wants me to say, Hey, um, and, or you could be a podcast and you want your podcast, you know, to be on maybe a bigger platform than it is now. Um, so I actually, this week, I put up my first commentary track um, on the silly and scary movie Haunting on Fraternity Row. Um, I did that. That was a lot of fun. I had, I had fun doing the commentary track. Uh, it's probably not your traditional commentary track, but I mean, I don't really think anything that I do is traditional <laughs> when it comes to my podcast because um, I'll learn as I go kind of thing. But yes, I did it on the movie Haunting on Fraternity Row. I'm kind of doing this like Netflix series um, horror movie genre. And basically what I'm doing is anytime it's time for me to do a commentary track, I go to the highest matched horror movie that first pops up. Um, and I watched that one. So it kind of takes out the whole working to find a horror movie to do a commentary track on it. And obviously it's one I've never seen before. So I think that's when I'm actually going to be recording another one on Sunday with my sister. Um, and you guys are going to get introduced to my sister finally, cause I keep fucking talking about her and she's finally agreed to do a commentary track with me. So definitely make sure you are, uh, um, a patron on my Patreon. Um, definitely do that. Cause I have a lot of fun over there. Um, so there is also a mini episode on there as well. Um, I'm just working on so much content. Um, I also want to do like a little get to know me, um, know the girl behind the honest and horrific, uh, Horror Nights in podcast. Um, so definitely head over to my Twitter and the link to my Patreon is the first tweet that's pinned at the top of the page. Um, I have three tiers on my Patreon. Um, it's not expensive at all. And I add new content every single week. Um, so your money will be well spent. Like I'm not going to just have you guys sign up and then never put anything up. Um, I have a couple, um, patrons now. Hello. Thank you so much to you guys for listening. Um, and being a, pa uh, a patron, um, and they get new content every single week. So this isn't, you know, me just putting out, one thing a week and it's for each tier too. So each tier gets its own content. So I'm working hard for you guys. So definitely come hang out with me. Um, so another thing I kind of want to just touch on really quick is something that happened to me this week. And, um, it kind of made me want to talk about this on, on my podcast. This is completely not, anything pertaining to horror movies or or anything like that kind of has to do with the person that I'm, I'm trying to become. 
Um, and I am very thankful that I kind of have this platform to talk to you guys about um, my personal life. And, and I think it's good that I talk to you about these things because I, I feel like I want you to know me as if I'm your friend and I want to talk to you guys as if we're friends and as if, you know, I'm sitting right there with you and, um, I want you to, you know, connect with me on, on that level of a friendship. And I want to say that I do a good job of doing that, but something happened this week and it had to, it, it happened at my job and I have two jobs. If you guys have listened to my other podcasts and, um, I have a regular full-time job. And I also have uh, another part-time job, a bartender. So I deal with a lot of rude people. I've been in the restaurant business since I was 17 years old. So I've dealt with a lot of assholes and a lot of people who are extremely rude to me for absolutely no reason. So this week I actually had to deal with somebody at my full-time job being extremely rude to me. Now I'm not going to get into any details or anything because it's not really really what I I, want to talk about. So this person snapped at me for no reason at all. Um, I was making a comment about a project we were working on, and this person decided to quickly just snap at me. Um, And I don't particularly talk to this person that often, so there's not really a friendship there, more of a work acquaintance. And I wanted to say something back to this person, and I wanted to snap back at him, but Um, I wanted to do more than snap back at him, but I didn't. I kind of just took myself out of the situation, just put my headphones in and ignored the comment that he had made and the, and the snappy judgment that he had made. Um, so the reason I'm telling you guys a story is that you could be going through something right now and you may feel that, you know, the world is against you kind of thing, or there's things that are going on in your life. And, you know, it's just not, you're not feeling all hundred percent yourself and you, you don't like the way that you're feeling about a situation or, you know, there's stressful things that go on in your life. But when it comes to interacting with other people, I always remember this, the same quote, and I always say it to myself, it's nice to be nice and to treat others with respect because you acting nice and being nice to somebody, even if inside you're going through a whole bunch of shit. And even though you're super stressed out about something, especially if you're at work, um, it's really important to do those things and have respect for other people. And thankfully in the horror community and the horror family, everyone that I've ever interacted with has been 95% of the time, extremely polite. And, and even if there's things that we don't all agree on, because, you know, the internet can get a very heated discussion place. And I think that respecting other people's opinions, respecting other people's time to take, you know, taking the time to talk to you about their opinion, you got to respect them. And you can't take anger out on them for something that might be going on in your life. And I think it's just really important that you remember it's nice to be nice and to be respectful of other people. Listens to, listen to other people's opinions. Respect their opinion, even if you don't agree with them. And, you know, it's. It, I, I really wish that people would do that because even though my opinion is different than yours, it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. 
and you're right and doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. It's kind of just like respect the opinion, give your side, and then that's it. You can agree to disagree. And it's okay to have different opinions. I think that everybody should share their opinion. Now, if you're going to share it in a shitty asshole way, then rephrase it and then proceed to to give your opinion on something. Um, so I don't want to preach too much longer, but just always remember, guys, just it's nice to be nice and respect respect other people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it for my, my little preachy PSA moment. Um, I just wanted to touch on that because... I felt like I needed to say something because you never know who, who might be listening right now that needs to hear that. Um, you know, you might be going through a tough time right now and you may want to, you know, snap at somebody and be angry with somebody for something that they have absolutely nothing to do with. Um, so yeah, if you needed to hear that, you're welcome. And, um, yeah, just remember it's always nice to be nice. (laughs) Okay. So moving on. So next week, with it being uh, the last week of March, I will be announcing the final winner of March uh, Madness Movie Month. Um, So this week, we did the fifth tier, and we did Black Swan versus Requiem for a Dream. And Black Swan won uh, with 52% of the votes. It was super close. Requiem had 48%. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying my little um, movie madness uh, (laughs) month. And I hope you guys are enjoying voting. I've had a ton of fun. I love giving the audience the control of what I watch and what I don't watch. Because um, I think I talked about this last week on my other podcast. And I said it's really nice that I am opening this platform up. And I have this platform so the audience can can choose what I watch. Because probably all these movies besides Black Swan... I would have never watched. Um, I mean, they were on a list to watch, but I never would have actually watched them. Like, I would have been like, ah, get around to it. I'll get around to it. So, and obviously, I was forced to watch these because they were the winners. Not forced to, because I did enjoy all of these movies. Um, So, (laughs) let me do a little segue. Um, So, on this episode of Horror Nights and Podcast, we are going to be to be discussing um, the fourth bracket winner, The Babadook. Um, I will start by giving you The Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb rating, a short synopsis, and then um, we're going to move into more of the themes and the symbolism and the opinion I have overall of the movie. Um, so definitely stick around for that. So it's not going to be like a lengthy dissection discussion of the of the plot. I'm going to stick to more of like the characters and the themes and how it relates back to, of course, the um, theme of this entire month, which is madness. Um, all right, guys. So let's get into the podcast. <laughs> If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Nothing bad's going to happen, Sam. Did he think that about my dad before he died? So, the Babadook... Rotten Tomatoes and gave the Babadook a 98% with 72% of the audience liking it. And IMDb gave it a 6.8 out of 10. 
So The Babadook was released November 28th, 2014, with a running time of 94 minutes. It was written and directed by the queen, Jennifer Kent, who also directed The Nightingale. This movie stars Essie Davis and Noah Wiseman. This was actually the directorial debut, um, direct, uh, debut theatrical feature film of director Jennifer Kent. So the synopsis of this movie is we have a widowed mother plagued by the violent death of her husband, battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. So the themes we touch on in this movie are grief, loss, the descent into madness, a mother and child relationships, and postpartum depression. Um, So as I said, as I did with the previous podcast for this entire month, I'll be discussing the psychological aspects of the film versus giving you a detailed... um, Summary. Now, I know a ton of people love this movie, including the director of The Exorcist, who said this movie was the scariest film he's ever seen. Um, And the first time I watched this movie, um, I actually was not a fan. Uh, I found the mother and father, I'm sorry, I found the mother and the son kind of annoying, and I wasn't really into the story as a whole. But stick around because I have my new and improved opinion of this movie at the end. Um, So we have our widow, uh, Amelia, trying to raise her six-year-old son, Samuel, um, after her husband, Oscar, and um, Sam's father, dies in a car accident while they're on their way to give birth to Sam. Uh, So it seems the mother has never dealt with the death of her husband, so every year on Sam's birthday, she never throws him a party. Sam has also developed behavioral issues, Uh, he has tantrums, he harms others, and is kind of an overall... He's just a handful. Um, Sam then finds a book called Mr. Babadook and asks his mother to read it to him. It starts off harmless but quickly moves onto something more sinister. So with Sam being a six-year-old, is clearly shaken from the story and becomes so convinced that the Babadook is real. Um, so to help Sam, Amelia tries to hide it, but then it comes back. She then tries to rip it up, but it also comes back again. Uh, as the film progresses, we see that she is uh, becoming more frustrated and even starts seeing the Babadook um, and, of course, starts slowly descending into madness. Uh, So now uh, I want to talk about different elements that kind of make up this film. So first we have the book itself. Uh, It's a very dark and sinister pop-up book, which I kind of want to own, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of this film. Um, Then, of course, we have the set design. The house is actually built on a set, and the colors used um, were extremely cold. So we have a lot of different shades of gray. Uh, which mimic the Babadook, the book. Uh, So another point is when the movie begins, we have Sam yelling and screaming, acting out, um, which would cause us to believe that he is the overall problem. But as the film progresses, uh, we see that the mother is actually the one with the problem. Uh, Amelia wants Sam to behave, but she is kind of the reason that Sam isn't behaving. Um... Another thing I wanted to kind of discuss, we'll get more into uh, Amelia and her uh, and Sam's relationship a little bit 
in a little bit. But um, I wanted more of the Babadook. Uh, I think that's what really threw me off when I watched this film the first time. I was under the assumption that it was about this creature from a story that came alive and haunted the mother and son. I didn't think it was about a story about a single mother's um, everyday stresses and refusal to seek therapy for her husband's death. So I think that's why I had the biggest problem with the movie in the beginning is because I thought it was more of like, all right, cool. Like they find this book and this, this creature that's from this book starts to terrorize them and we'll see what happens. Um, but it was more about Amelia's struggle to, um, raise her son as a single mother and also, uh, the fact that she's never dealt with the death of her husband, um, so I wish the monster was more of a centralized focus versus the mother and the son dynamic. Uh, I think the creature itself was overall very scary. Uh, his movements and the noises are great examples of something that's super creepy. So yeah, I think the the overall idea of the Babadook was very scary. Um, his movements, the way that he sounded, his demonic growling, it it feel it, it I really felt like it encompassed a great monster. Um, but it also kind of felt like it was just thrown in at the end, like post-production, like it was more like the mother and son relationship, and then they're like, oh well, let's make this a horror film. And just throw in the Baba Duke. Um, of course, there's different things that I, I'll, I'll uh, add on to that point as we get towards the towards more of the mother and son dynamic. Um, but I just wish that there was more of the monster. I think the monster wasn't given the justice that it deserved, and that kind of made me sad because I feel like it had such potential to be a lot. And and don't get me wrong, the movie, the film itself was scary. There were definitely scenes that were a little disturbing. Um, you know, there were there were parts of the film that that definitely scared me, or you know, like a jump scare. Um, but overall, like I said, it kind of just felt like they just threw in the Babadook at the end to give, um, just to be like, okay, this is a horror movie now. Um, but anyway, um, so we also, so now we'll move on to the real problem of this film, which is the mother. Uh, she has repressed so much of her emotions regarding the death of her husband that she can't even show love to her own child. In doing so, it, um... It almost invited the Baba Duke, or it manifests the Baba Duke um, into their home. So the Baba Duke also represents her trauma in a real dark form. Uh, so then we start to see her unravel when she sees the book is now in the pile of things left behind uh, by her late husband. It's as if she hasn't looked or seen his things the entire duration of Sam's life, and he now he's almost seven years old. Uh, the emotions, of course, erupt, and we see this is when the Babadook will start um, the full-on apparition. She starts seeing bugs that aren't there. She's sleeping with her dead husband's violin and eventually gets possessed by the Babadook himself. Um, she then sees the news on TV about a woman stabbing her son to death and then is shot and killed by the police. We see that it's actually her. Um, and honestly... <laughs> 
when I was watching this movie the first time, I was like, just let it happen because I'm over these two. Like, I wasn't rooting for them at all. Um, I didn't really care what happened. I was just waiting for the film to be over. And that's not how I want to feel when I'm watching a horror film. Like, I want to be like, I never want this movie to end. Um, But unfortunately, the first time I watched this movie, I was not into it whatsoever. Um, I, um, I just wasn't into it. So then we see she's got full on possession of, um, the Baba Duke and we see them, uh, her kill their family dog, which is super fucked up. Didn't like that part. Um, and then she, she then expels some wonderful motherly love by telling her husband or telling her son that I wish you had died instead of him. Um, and just really just super fucked up things that and I get it, guys. Sh- unfortunately, shit like this happens in the real world. But when I'm watching a film, I don't want to see a mother pretty much verbally abusing her son the entire movie. Um, if you have listened and listened to my other podcast, you know that I'm not a fan of children that are in movies, especially, well, <laughs> of course, horror films. I'm not a fan of exploiting children in horror films. Um, maybe if they're the evil one, sure, like the omen. Um, but for the most part, I truly believe that children, yes, do add an element of fear if they're the ones that are the evil entity, like Children of the Corn, um, The Omen, um, Let the Right One In, things like that. But when it comes to a child, pretty much in this situation where he is completely helpless because his mother doesn't know how to deal with her grief, um, I don't want to see that because unfortunately this happens all the time in real life and I don't want to have to sit down and spend, you know, an hour and a half watching a child be verbally abused by his mother. I, I just, I, I think that's one of the, one of the biggest problems I had with this movie. Um, I just don't like that element of it. Um, we then have Sam being the grown up and telling his mother, uh, he has to get the Baba Duke out, AKA the grief and the trauma. This is the part of the film when they're in the basement. He has her like tied up and saying like, let it out, let it out. Um, we then see that she barfs, barfs up a bunch of black stuff, AKA the Baba Duke, uh, AKA the, gr- the grief. Um, and then we see how her husband, uh, died in the car accident which is pretty gross and probably super traumatic for her considering she probably, I don't really know if she saw it the first time or not, but his head kind of gets split in half. Um, and it gave me very 13 ghost vibes, uh, when the lawyer gets, um, his whole body chopped in half. Um, when he's down in the basement stealing the money by the glass doors. Um, love that movie. Shout out to that movie. I should do that movie soon. I loved that movie so much. Terrified me. The jackal literally still gives me nightmares. But anyway, I'm going off a tangent. So then um, we see how the husband died in the car accident. And then we hear the creature hissing. Um, Then we have her yelling at the Babadook to get out in that very iconic scene at the end. Um, And eventually the Babadook loses its power and retreats to the basement. And the basement door closes. Well, slam shut. Um, 
We then see that Sam is finally, after seven years, is given a birthday party. Um, we see the. We also see that they are outside and they are collecting earthworms. To which uh, the mother goes into the basement to feed the Babadook. Um, that represents her grief. Um, but now it's more so the grief is being handled, whereas before it was all consuming. So as I mentioned, I think the reason that I wasn't a huge fan of this film is because I just didn't have any sympathy for the characters. Um, as I said, I found Sam kind of annoying, especially in the first act of the film. Um, the mom equally annoying um, for not seeking professional help to deal with her trauma. Um, I was also irritated, as I said earlier, with um, that Sam was treated poorly mentally and emotionally. Sure, yes, physically from the outside, he was clothed, bathed, and fed, but other than that, he was given a pretty shitty shell of a mother. Um, so I, I, I do want to touch on a couple more things before we get into some honest and horrific facts about the movie. Um, and, of course, my opinion on it more. So... As I said, the themes of this movie deal with grief, loss, descent into madness, and the mother and child relationship. Now, I am being totally and 100% honest with you guys, as I always am. I personally have never had to deal with a situation like this. Um, I do not have any children. Um, my husband was not killed in a car accident. Um, I'm not married anyway, so that wouldn't have any thing to do with me but I and I but mostly I, what I want to touch on is like postpartum depression I've never had a child so I don't understand what that means but I do know that it can be absolutely horrific on a mother and you guys and I we've all heard the terrible horror stories of mothers suffering from postpartum depression who have actually ends up like killing their children. Um, of course, those are the worst case extreme scenarios. But a lot of the times what happens is a mother will resent their child and kind of feel like, well, you're the one who ruined my life and things like that. Postpartum depression is also known as having baby blues. So a lot of the time what will happen is mothers will be, you know, they're completely sleep deprived. Um, they have um, new responsibilities. They can also have things going on with their bodies that's extremely painful. Um, so it's basically a type of depression you get after you have your baby. Um, it can start any time during your baby's first year, but it's most common uh, to start to feel the effects the first three weeks after the your baby is born. Uh, mothers feel sadness, hopeless, and guilty because they don't really feel like bonding or caring for their baby. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why mother why mothers can get it. Hormones, the history of depression, stress problems, things like that. Um, especially if you're a young mother, they aren't prepared to care for support of a baby or also at risk. So um, now it's a little bit different in this film because it she lost the love of her life on the way to the hospital. Uh, so not only was she dealing with the grief of losing her uh, husband, she was also dealing with the responsibilities of a newborn completely on her own. So there's a lot of things going on, and it kind of makes me sad that there weren't people in her life that really was like, maybe you should seek help kind of thing. I know she did have a couple interactions with some people. Uh, I know she was talking, I believe it was the sister. And the sister asked, like, how are you dealing with it? And she said, I'm 
like I don't think about it at all or or there was one scene like that and um I don't know. I always, I'm a huge advocate, guys, for getting help for mental illnesses. As I've said in my previous podcast, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a therapist or seeking help for a mental issue. Um, I have a therapist. Uh, I do not have a mental disorder, but there are things in everyday life and everyday stressors that I think having a third party view is super important. And I urge you, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, um, seek professional help. Um, it takes a lot of mental strength and energy to admit that you even need help. And it takes an even more mentally strong person to go and get that help. Um, so obviously this movie, (laughs) um, dealt with a lot of that. Um, and I do understand that I do understand the movie a little bit more now that I've watched it again and now that I have um, kind of delved into more of what it meant and more of an explanation of it, I guess. Um, I do understand that she was dealing with this horrific pain and this grief and this loss and she didn't seek help the way that she should have. Um and she was taking out all of this anger onto her son, which is kind of what I talked about in the beginning of my podcast, where I said, if you're going through something, don't take it out on somebody else. So it kind of all correlates back to each other. Um, so I, like I said, guys, I, I think I have a newfound respect for the movie because I understand it a little bit more, but it didn't make me like it more, if that makes sense. If it doesn't, I apologize, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure that made sense. So I still feel the same way about the movie, but I respect it more. Um, I respect what the director was trying to do with the movie. Uh, I understand that she basically, uh, Jennifer Kent gave um, guilt an actual apparition, an actual form of something. And there was um, a scene at the end of the movie where Sam asks his mother, will we ever see, or will I be able to see it? And she said, maybe when you're older or, you know, when you're older. And that kind of is like, okay, well, he'll have to eventually deal with his grief of not having a father when he gets older. Um, He'll understand a little bit more. And I also... Um, wanted to make a point that mental illness is hereditary and he will have to deal with the same things that his mother has dealt with and or her lack of dealing with them, I should say. Um, so, yes, overall, I don't want to watch this movie again, <laughs> but I have a newfound respect for it. Um, and I, I understand a little bit more, but at the same time, ugh, like that's your kid, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it just, it just makes me angry because I don't like seeing children being put in these kind of helpless situations, which is why, again, I go back to the point of you shouldn't have children like this be in movies, but I get it. I understand what the director was going for. I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, it's just my opinion of not being a fan of the movie and wanting 
I don't want to say it was a misrepresentation of the movie, but I kind of think it was considering I just rewatched the trailer before I started recording. And I was like, yeah, like I thought this movie was about a monster that was in a book that that comes to life and, you know, terrorizes a mother and her son. I didn't think it was some movie about a mother dealing with postpartum depression for seven years and not dealing with, with her guilt the right way. Like if I wanted to watch a movie like that, I would go watch a movie like that. But I'm, I don't like movies like that. <laughs> I don't like serious movies about mothers and sons and mothers and daughters and fathers and families falling apart. I don't like movies like that. I like horror movies. I like horror films. I like things like that. Um, which is probably another reason it was probably in correlation with why I didn't think Hereditary was all that great. But if you want to get my opinion on that, go listen to the Hereditary podcast because you will find it. <laughs> um, so I want to move on to some honest and horrific facts about this movie. Director Jennifer Kent holds the rights to the film. When asked if there would be a sequel, she said, I will never allow any sequel to be made uh, because it's not that kind of film. I don't care how much I'm offered. It's just not going to happen, which makes sense because if there, I mean, the only way that I think that it would make sense is if it was a completely different family dealing with a completely kind, like the same grief, but a different family. Um, I don't think that, that, um, um, Sam and his mom should be plagued again by this guilt, unless it's a story about Sam dealing with it. But I mean, it's it's the directors, so whatever. Would I go see it? Probably not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you guys wanted me to go see it, I would. <laughs> um, when asked where the idea for the Babadook came from, director Jennifer Kent said, I have a friend who's a single mom whose, mo- whose son was traumatized by this monster figure that he thought he saw everywhere in the house. So I thought... What if this thing was real on some level? So I made Monster uh, a short film about the idea, but I couldn't leave it alone. I kept coming back to it, and that led to the Babadook. In Hebrew, Babadook means he is coming for sure. Um, and the film marked a rare achievement for characters in a horror movie. Everyone alive at the beginning of the film stays alive at the end, excluding the dog. Um which I'm going to have to argue with that because the dog is also a character. So that wasn't nice. I wasn't happy when she snapped the dog's neck. Um, So, yeah, that's my opinion on this movie, guys. I know that there's a lot more we could delve into. Um, I know there's a lot. I'm sure there's um, maybe there's some things that I missed that you wanted me to touch on. Um, obviously let me know on Twitter, tweet me, but overall, the move, the, you know, the, 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 the cinematography of the film is great. Um, I did like how, when they were reading the book, uh, you followed the words with the camera. Um, I did like the, the colors of the film, how, how it kind of changed in the last act. Um, it was much brighter. We didn't have that that very uh, demonic, depressed kind of um, sounds we had in the beginning. So after when she finally deals with her grief, it's very colorful. Her hair is done. Everybody seems very jovial and happy. Um, So did this movie have a happy ending? Yes, I think that it did have a happy ending. Um, And as I said, if you feel that you need to seek professional help, then do it. It's very, very important for yourself uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and mentally, physically, emotionally important to the people around you, too. So I think that's going to be it for this evening's episode of 
Hornets and podcasts. Did you guys like the Baba Duke? Did you hate it? What is your honest and horrific opinion on the Baba Duke? Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Horror Nights and Podcast with me, Crystal. Please remember to follow my podcast on whatever app you use. And if you could please rate Horror Nights and Podcasts on iTunes if you enjoyed my show, um, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And make sure you guys um, stick close to my Twitter next week. I'm going to be putting up some more polls, and we're going to find out who the winner of this whole shebang is. Um, so, yeah, make sure you vote because I love... Um, I love doing movies that you guys want me to do. So thank you so much for listening again. And um, I'm gonna go. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out and go watch us. I'm super excited about that. And stay tuned for a review on that as well. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Children of all ages, you are about to enter world of darkness, a world where life and death are meaningless, and pain is God. What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh...